Good evening. You're tuned in to Friendship, the Power of Positive Living with Dr. James Huey, a specialist in human affairs. Let's go right into the studio right now and join Dr. Huey for the Power of Positive Living. Well, welcome back, Power for Positive Living and Friendship. This is your host, James Huey, facilitator of the Friendship Program here in Galveston. Before the break, we were talking about the advisability of doing personal growth and personal retreating, either at one end of a psychological continuum of using just yourself, as versus the other end where one would tend to use the resources available from other people. I tend to, of course, seek and encourage people to use a variety, something one through ten. However, I believe that for positive personal growth, since one does not have the opportunity to learn about developing internal listening skills prior to this stage in life, in other words, for example, the schools don't teach it, and most employers don't teach it, and parents don't teach it. So there really isn't much opportunity except for the churches who do teach some aspect of internal listening by the concept of prayer and being able to listen to the return of prayer. But most of us do not have the opportunity to learn how to listen internally, how to hear what we are and what we feel. Some of the ideas and some of the concepts that I believe can be most effectively communicated to us do come by interacting with other people. And I believe that there are several things that may handicap the tendency to do it on a solitary basis. One is the so-called myth of a good norm. All behavior has a norm. That is the, the midpoint of behavior that most people typically tend to do. Now, most of us as a society say that if most people are behaving a certain way, then that tends to be good. Now, that's just a generalization, of course, but most of us say that that is true. There are more people who are doing a certain mode of behavior than the more average, the more normal, the more typical that type of behavior happens to be. Most of us think that our behavior, our norm, is the best of all the other norms in the world. In other words, in this nation, we may have 200 million norms. Most of us believe that our norm is the best. And unfortunately, sometimes we believe that it's not only the best for us, but we tend to believe that it's best for everyone. So one of the ways to check that out, of course, is to interact with other people. So to be able to overcome the handicap of the myth of the good norm. Another handicap that can be helped by interacting with others is our tendency to idealize others. These tapes that we're talking about were programmed into us by people that we tended to idealize, our parents, our teachers, our family, good friends at an early age. And this idealizing tended to set up the image that if they were coming from these people, then they must be true 
and they must be good. So in order to overcome that tendency to idolize that just because it comes from an authority figure or a family figure, then it must be good for no other reason other than that, then we need to be able to check and validate that concept by interacting with other people, I believe. Another handicap is the tendency to expect perfection. There are a large number of us who were raised with the image that the only good and valid part of life is that part which can be perfect. Now, intellectually, we know that's not true. But internally, uh, on an emotional level, we tend to feel as though we are still being marked by the teacher's red ink in school, by our parents' approval or disapproval, whether they gave it to us verbally or visually or physically. So we tend to oftentimes need someone to kind of check out some perfectionistic expectations in ourselves and expectations of the world. I guess this is all one way of saying, summing up these handicaps, is that oftentimes we're too close to our own feelings, our own behaviors to really see or hear clearly. We need time to be able to be with someone who can be objective, someone who is not biased, someone who can only encourage us to be ourselves and develop the capacity to hear so that we can make the decisions for ourselves. So often we confide in people who have hidden agendas, who have agendas that they want us to be a certain way. Therefore, that's what they tend to hear, that's what they tend to reinforce, rather than saying, you know, this is what I'm hearing, and it could be another way, and it could be another way, and it could be another way. Which one tends to suit you as a unique individual? So for all of these handicaps of doing it yourself, I tend to come down on being able to take and spend most of our personal growth effort in interacting with a friend or someone who can meet certain characteristics. The process that I'm going to spend the rest of this program talking about is a process called personal retreating. To be able to retreat on a personal level to check out from our current roles, commitments, and obligations, to leave the roles of who we are, a human being first and foremost, to be able to come into an atmosphere that is safe and non-judgmental, a chance to leave all of these roles and commitments and obligations and expectations of ourselves leave them at the door, and come in as a human being who is ready to probe and explore and not try to come in with the baggage that I have got to be this way in order to be good. The very underlying cornerstone in order to check oneself into personal retreating is the belief that healthy people have a need to be heard. Healthy people have a need to be heard, and they have a need to be understood. Now, in our society, we don't oftentimes pay attention to healthy people. We pay attention to people who have problems. It's kind of like management by exception. 
There are companies and organizations that operate entirely when something goes wrong. If everything is going right, you don't pay any attention to it. It's almost like our evening news. The news only reports what's going wrong. Very seldom do you get reports about what's going right. Well, the same thing with people who tend to be emotionally, psychologically, physically, socially healthy individuals. They tend to be ignored. In fact, one of the best ways to get an attention in our society as it's structured is to create a problem. And if you want to be noticed and to receive the attention of others, then you create a problem and we know how to respond. Personal retreating assumes that you're basically healthy. You're not perfect, no, but you are basically healthy. And we strive to overcome that society bias by saying that if you do not see yourself as a basically healthy person, you do see yourself in pain or with hurt or with frustration that really needs to be managed and treated, then traditional psychological resources are appropriate. But if treatment is not the preferred outcome, if exploration, if you are curious about who you are, and I often say that friendship is basically a service of curiosity. It is a way in which someone who is curious learns more about themselves. Healthy people. Personal retreating here is entitled friendship. Friendship is a personal ministry. It's a personal ministry of wellness. Now, to me, the word ministry means service to other people. It is not tied up with any particular religious orientation. It's a service to other people. It is a way in which I, as a human, come to you as a human and offer the service of wellness in four areas. Emotional wellness, physical wellness, social wellness, and spiritual wellness. Some people will say, well, where in the world should we start? Well, I go back to the analogy of the diamond. A diamond can be seen in any view at all. It has so many facets, and it can be beautiful, and it can be studied, it can be observed, it can be probed, and it doesn't matter where one starts. You just start. The same thing with human beings. If you and I are going to explore you, then it really makes no difference where you start. Because, after all, you are the author of your life novel. You are the best authority on yourself. And it's really sad to see people who really don't even know where to start. They haven't even been able to give themselves permission to start. Why? Because they have been conditioned that other people have the answers on what is best for them. And I'm saying, no, you have the answer. You know what you want to talk about. If you want to talk about something social or spiritual or emotional or physical, then that's up to you. I do not make those choices for you any more than I would make them for any other human being. I am here to offer a safe atmosphere of listening hospitality, an invitation to come and participate in your life novel. I stress the word invitation because the power to invite 
is also, of course, the power to shut out. But if you invite me into your world, I come as a guest, as a visitor. I don't come as a tour guide. I don't come as a director of how in the world to straighten out or manipulate or change. I come at your invitation so that you can use me to develop the capacity of learning to listen to yourself. And in return, I strive to offer you a safe atmosphere, one that is open, one that provides you honesty in my reactions. I'm not going to sit here and go, "Uh uh-huh, mm-hmm, is that so, Mm mm-hmm. I'm going to react honestly, but I'm not going to tell you to do this, or I'm not going to tell you to do that, because we're not going to talk about giving you advice. Personal growth is learning how to listen to yourself, and if you're going to hear yourself, one of the best ways that you can do it is by telling me or someone else. You're not going to have a goal of problem solving. We're not here to solve problems. Personal growth is there to understand. It's to explore with curiosity who you are and to understand it better so that you can then use this information to define how you want your tomorrows to be. Now, as I say, I'm going to offer you a safe atmosphere. I'm going to strive to be non-judgmental. This listening hospitality means we're going to talk without any advice giving or problem solving. I'm going to be honest in how I react to you and maintain your confidentiality. There's no point in you being open, being vulnerable, sharing if you have doubts as to whether it will stay in this particular interchange. So I believe confidentiality is a very important cornerstone. You say, what is so special about offering listening hospitality? Well, it's been my experience that there are very few effective listeners in the world. Very few people who have the skill and the attitude to want to listen. Most people in our culture want to talk, and we are valued on our ability to talk. Oftentimes, we confuse people who are silent as though they are listeners. I know, for example, when I was a teacher, I used to think that if my students weren't talking, they were listening to me. Boy, what a rude awakening that was. Just because someone is quiet does not mean they are listening. Learning and self-listening tends to reinforce the writing of that life novel we've been talking about. And if we were going to write, we have to know. And being able to develop self-listening gives you the capacity to hear after you leave the personal retreat setting so that you get to hear yourself and define who you want to be tomorrow. Now, another handicap that sometimes comes in in personal retreating is giving yourself permission to take the time, making time to grow. A lot of people feel victimized by time. But one of the realities in our world is that no matter how bright we are, no matter how intelligent we are, all of us are equal in one respect. We all have 24 hours in our day. 
No matter how wealthy, no matter how poor, no matter how old nor young, we all have 24 hours. How do we choose to invest that 24 hours? That is our choice. We have that possibility each and every day. I was a guidance counselor and director of counseling services at a college in northern Texas several years ago. And one of the things that I learned was that this being a professional school, one of the tapes that the students had learned very early was you were always too busy to take time for yourself. It was okay to totally invest yourself in one's work, but it was inappropriate to take time for personal growth, to make the time to learn more about values and ethics and opinions and feelings. It was almost like I need to value what other people are saying because that will make me a good physician, a good lawyer, a good accountant, or whatever else they wanted to be. They really felt victimized, but they continued to make choices by the old excuse, I don't have time. We all have time. It's just being responsible for our choices. We, of course, have to become aware of why in the world our opinions and beliefs are what they are, but then once awareness comes in, then we also lead and make ourselves susceptible to responsibility. Now, of course, that's one reason why a lot of people prefer to play victim, because if they remain ignorant and they do not develop awareness, then they don't have to take responsibility for their personal growth. And I guess another point that I would share with you as you ponder the whole process of personal growth in personal retreating is the awareness of being able to give permission to yourself, permission to be open, permission to be vulnerable, permission to share. In friendship, I schedule time in the minimum of three-hour blocks. Why? Because I find that it takes people that long to be open to give themselves permission to talk about what they want to talk about. I conclude this part by saying that personal growth and the friendship program are not something that is done to you or for you. I find that friendship and personal growth is helping you find the will which means going through the process of exploring and probing and clarifying and discovering that curiosity, finding the will, and then the way to make any changes that you decide you would like to have in your tomorrow. The process of personal growth is there in the personal retreat process that is inside your unique being, your experience, to get it out to get it out so that you and I can look at it, can see it, we can process it, we can experience it and feel it. We can talk about it. We can let you own who you are. We can let you own your experience. And then, using that as the basis, build your life upon it. That's what personal growth and personal retreating are about. Now, as an example, I'll give you one personal retreat that was done several months ago. An individual came and wanted to talk about love. Now, see, this person was basically healthy, but had a curiosity about the role that love had in his life. So we set up four three-hour blocks. That's a total of 12 hours over two days. And we talked about love. And the four components that he was most interested in 
was one, love of self, self-esteem, self-attitude, self-confidence, but his ability to love himself, the ability to love family. The third one was the ability in areas of romantic and sexual love. And the fourth was the ability to love God, his relationship with a higher being and that special spiritual inner peace that love and a higher being having a positive, healthy, growing relationship can provide. Personal growth is there for you. You have the choices to make as you develop and understand who you are, and then you have the ability to take who you are today and make yourself into the person you wish to be. This whole process of personal retreating builds the internal compass, this inner order for those times that you will find yourself at sea and in a fog. Thanks for joining me this evening. I hope this program has provided a valuable resource as you write your life novel. And I hope you will join me again here on Wellness Radio as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. Good night. Good night.